0: You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. Our meditation today will be coming from the book of Acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. So please open your Bibles with me in that particular passage. Acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. The word of the Lord says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To this he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of forty days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard of me from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit, Not many days from now. May the good Lord bless the reading of His Word. Let me know this morning who are drivers here. Well, not necessarily a driver of a certain company, but what I mean to say is that you drive your motorcycle, your car, your bicycle, tricycle, Piaggio, whatever that is. Who are drivers here? Please raise your hands. There you go. There's a lot of you. Okay. I'm asking that because I, that my explanation would depend so much about how many of you who would understand about driving. I talked to a car dealer recently, and one of the things that he asked me, what do you like, Pastor? Is it going to be a manual transmission or an automatic transmission? In an automatic transmission, you don't have to worry about shifting gears. Okay. All you need to think about are the brake and the accelerator. Of course, you have to think about the, the steering wheel. But as far as your foot is concerned, you just have to think about the brake and the accelerator. You don't have to shift gears because the computer in that vehicle or particular rides that you have will determine the kind of gear that it would set with. But for manual transmission vehicles, motorcycles, or even mountain bike, and um, cars, the driver has the freedom to set the kind of gear that is necessary. And if the road that you are traversing is just plain, there is no up, there is no down, then probably at the speed of 60, 70, or 80, you can stay with the fourth gear or even fifth gear. But when the road that you are traversing is an uphill, I think you need to go down to a lower gear, maybe the third gear, or they call it Tricera, or even to the second gear, Segunda. But if it is really so high, it is very steep, then it would would require you to slow down a little and then probably even get down to Primera or the first gear. So that's a concept in driving a manual transmission vehicle. The steeper the uphill, the lower must be your gear. Journey in life, the life that we have. We drive on a road that is not always plain, not always smooth. There will be rough areas and there are times that what's ahead of us is an uphill. If you are a manual transmission driver and you are on an uphill and you notice already that the car cannot make it up because you are on a higher gear and you would really refuse to shift to a lower gear, you know, what's going to happen. The car would have a difficulty climbing. And if you would really try to push it further, what would happen is that it's going to shake the engine and even the entire car, and eventually it's going to die down. The engine will stop and you could never go up anymore. So you have to shift in a lower gear. And I think this is what we need to do in our experiences of life because there are times that when our journey would face an uphill, a very steep uphill, many people would fail to shift gear and would stay to a higher gear. And what's going to happen is that they are going to have difficulties and they are going to shut down. Psychologically, we call that depression. And once that happens to a person, it is difficult already to rise up and stand again and climb the peak of that hill that he's trying to reach. The disciples of Jesus had that kind of experience. We are in the book of Acts, okay? The first chapter of the book of Acts. Now the book of Acts was written by Luke. Luke is often mistakenly perceived to be a, to be one of the disciples of Jesus, one of the 12. But if you look at his own list in the book of Luke, Luke is not one of the 12 disciples, but he became a follower of Jesus. Now this guy is a very reliable person. Why did I say that? One of the things, or the reasons why I said Luke is a reliable person, you go to the writings of the Apostle Paul and Paul himself described this guy named Luke. He is no ordinary person. He is described by the Apostle Paul as a physician. He was a medical doctor. No wonder, you look at the book of Acts. He recorded a lot of healing instances that were performed by Jesus. He was interested of those accounts. Why? He's a doctor. Added to that description, the Apostle Paul also mentioned him as a co-laborer of the gospel. In other words, he's also a minister at the same time while he is a physician. Now, added to those facts that I have mentioned to you, you look at how Luke handled the Greek language It is very fascinating, the selection of words, the grammatical features that he employed in his writings. You would see that he was an expert in terms of the language, the Greek language. Added to that, historians in our time are so fascinated of how Luke recorded the details and the order of events in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Luke is a physician. Luke is a minister of the gospel. Luke is a grammarian, and at the same time, Luke is a historian. With those credentials that I have mentioned, I think it is safe to say that he is a reliable person. This guy who wrote the book of Acts is the same writer of the book of Luke. The book of Acts is a sequel to what he recorded in the book of Luke. Now, this is what I want us to see. If you look at the writings of Luke in the book of Luke, He recorded how the disciples were trained by the Lord Jesus Christ. In that earlier part of the life and ministry of the Lord, the disciples were called and they started following Him. They were there when they, when Jesus taught with authority, they were there. They were witnesses to the teachings of Jesus. They heard the words of the Lord and He did not teach the people in Jerusalem just by merely stating the facts, but He taught with authority. And when we say he taught with authority, he embodied the teachings, not only in the moral aspect, but he has the power when he exemplified the teaching because he did not say by words only, but he showed it with his very life. He taught with authority and the disciples were so amazed of that circumstances that were, they were sitting before Jesus and they said, wow, this guy is wonderful. He's amazing. And along with those teachings that Jesus gave, that they saw, that they heard, were miracles that the Lord performed. Sick individuals were were brought to Jesus and just by his words, the power of his might, they were healed. The blind man became someone who sees things around him. The deaf began to hear the lame started standing up and walking around and jumping around. Those were the things that Jesus did that the disciples saw. And they were so amazed of Him and that later they thought of this guy must be the Messiah already. And they were thinking that time that when Jesus started predicting about His death, they were not even minding about those predictions about that the fact that Jesus is going to die. But they were thinking about What's going to happen when this guy would establish the kingdom who's going to be the greatest among ourselves and he's going to be sitting at his side? So the disciples were really so engrossed of those wonderful things that Jesus was performing before them. And then later, one morning, when Jesus was there at the garden, he was arrested. And the text would tell us that The disciples started running away. When Jesus was brought to the house of the high priest, both of Annas and Caiaphas, only Peter was mentioned to be there. Where were the other disciples? They started running away. So listen very carefully. When they started following Jesus, the road was so smooth. There was no much ups and downs. There were antagonists that came across with Jesus, but they did not really stand against him. Jesus silenced every one of them. So they were saying, this is it. This is really the establishment of the kingdom of God. And so the road was so smooth for the disciples. But that day when Jesus was arrested, when Jesus was was under the trial because he was there facing the high priest, they were running away. They ran away. They were scared. They were demoralized. That's what happened to the disciples. Much more when Jesus was now brought before Pilate and when they heard the religious leaders insinuating the crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. The disciples started hiding and not even Peter denied Jesus. And so when Jesus was brought to Golgotha to be crucified, only the ladies were mentioned to be there. Later, John was mentioned to be there. Where were the disciples? The disciples who were so, so excited about the establishment of the kingdom. Where were they? They were gone. They were demoralized. And I think that that's exactly a picture of our day-to-day life because there are times that we would be so contented already with our lives. We would say, wow, life is so good. I am so contented, the road is so smooth, but suddenly we would just realize there's an uphill in front of us and the disciples failed to shift their gears and they were there stuck on the uphill. That is why when Jesus was crucified, they did not understand it. When Jesus was buried, they did not understand it. When Jesus Christ on the third day resurrected already, what happened? the women were carrying spices going to the tomb of Jesus. What was that for? Are they going to have a picnic and cook something there? No, they were on the way to the tomb because those spices were for the dead body of Jesus. So in the perception of the ladies, the followers of Jesus, Jesus would remain dead. And then what happened next is that when the angel announced to the ladies, They ran away, going back to the disciples, the other disciples who were there in the room staying, and they announced to them what happened. And you know what they said? That's impossible. We can't believe that. Why why were they responding that way? The same disciples who saw the miracles of Jesus, the same disciples who heard the stories of Jesus, same disciples who witnessed the deliverance that Jesus performed. Why were they skeptic on this matter? They were stuck on the uphill. They were stuck on the uphill. They found it hard to move. Their engine stopped already. There is no way that we could stand. There is nowhere that we can go. We better stop. They shut down. We can't believe that. And that time Jesus appeared, started appearing to them. Some of them still didn't believe. One of them even said, can I touch the mark of the nails? So that I'll be very sure about the matter. They were stuck on the uphill. But the book of Acts would show us something. When when you look at verse 3, I want us to focus on verse 3. Maybe the operator can flash it on a screen. I want us to look at verse 3 again. Luke said something like this. To this he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom. Now, I want us to take note of two participles here. The first participle is appearing to them. Second participle is con- um, teaching or speaking to them about the things of the kingdom. I uh, will look at the first one. buried when he was placed inside the tomb, something happened miraculously. The angels came and the guards were dumbfounded about the incident and when they were, when, when they were back to, their, to themselves already, they ran to the religious leaders and the religious leaders said, don't announce what happened. We will pay you with some amount of money and we want you to spread the news that the disciples stole the body. They saw what happened. And yet they were paid to, to spread a lie. So that's what they did. Now, if Jesus did not appear, nobody can claim that He resurrected. Nobody can claim that He resurrected. A person who is missing, once the person is gone, you cannot just say he's dead or he is alive until... His body is found or someone can attest that He is really dead. Jesus could not just send a message to the disciples and say, I'm alive. No, He has to appear. Sabi ng mga lawyers, locus He has to show Himself. And He appeared not only to some disciples, but He appeared to tens of disciples, even hundreds of them. His appearance would prove That he is resurrected. However, you look at the next participle, speaking to them about the kingdom. Why does he need to speak about the kingdom? (inaudible) Hindi ba enough yung appearance niya to make them understand who he really is and what happened to him? No. Because if you look at the accounts of the gospel, Jesus was not the only resurrected from the dead. He's not the only person that was risen from the dead. Jesus himself, Jesus himself brought back to life the son of a woman at the gate of Nain. Jesus himself went to the tomb of Lazarus. He was there buried already and he called for his name and Lazarus came back to life. So Jesus was not the first raised from the dead in the New Testament. Thus, Having experienced resurrection would not be enough for them to truly believe who he really was. He need to speak to them about the kingdom. What was that about? Jesus, when he spoke about the kingdom, he talked about the prophecies in the old Testament and he presented himself as the fulfillment of the prophecy. Point of reference. One day there were two individuals after the burial of Jesus. Two individuals walking on the road to Damascus. They were talking about what happened. Jesus walked with them. He did not show to them who he really was at that time. He disguised himself as a stranger. So he walked with them while these two were talking. Jesus asked them, what is this that you are talking about? And one of them said, turned at him and said, where did you come from? Are you the only person in this area of the world who does not know about what just happened to that person named Jesus? And Jesus said, who is Jesus? And they started telling to him stories that were spread that time. And then later Jesus revealed himself to them and said, how slow for you to recognize that he was already prophesied in the old Testament that the Messiah would come and He would suffer, but He will not remain dead and He will come back to life. Jesus fitted Himself to what was prophesied in the Old Testament. That is why He needed to speak about the kingdom. When the disciples saw that He was resurrected, when they understood that He was really the Messiah reigning in the kingdom of God, it was only then, that they were be able that they were able to shift from something that is what we call a demoralized condition to something like this in verses 4 and 5 listen to verses 4 and 5 gathering them together jesus gathered them together he commanded them to leave jerusalem not to leave jerusalem but to wait for what the father had promised which he said you heard of me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When you look at verses 4 and 5, Jesus gathered them and He said something. He led their thoughts, their hearts, shifted their thinking from being a in a demoralized condition to a spirit of anticipation. I'll repeat that line. They experienced... A shift of gear here. They were all stuck on the uphill. The uphill was so steep, they cannot move forward because the person that they anchored their faith on already died. He was buried. They cannot stand up. They cannot look forward. They don't have a picture of the future back then. But when Jesus proved that he was risen, when Jesus related to them and fitted Himself to be the the fulfillment of the prophecy from the Old Testament, it was only then that they had a shift of gear. A shift from being in demoralized condition to a spirit of anticipation. Look at what Jesus said to them. Anticipate for the promise of God to take place. Anticipate for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Anticipate for the empowerment of God to happen upon your life. Anticipate for the work of God in his kingdom to be manifested to the world that you live today. And this is a reality that we all go through in life. While we journey and we are confronted with an uphill, we are often stuck. We don't know what to do. We do not shift our gears, but when the disciples realize that that person that they walked with before is alive and that that person is the fulfillment of what was prophesied in the Old Testament. It was an affirmation that he's the Messiah, that the King that they perceived who died, who was a suffering servant, as mentioned by Isaiah, and he's alive and he's reigning and he's at work. That is when they shifted to the spirit of anticipation. Many people today, we go through trials, we spend a lot of ours just thinking about what is happening. We spend a lot of nights sleepless. Why? We are stuck. But when we realize that we have a recent living King, a recent savior who is at work, then we can start shifting our gears to a spirit of anticipation. Yes, Lord, I failed. I am so down. I am so discouraged. I experience an injustice here. But as believers, we should learn to shift our gears. I am not denying the reality of pain that we go through in life. I'm not denying the reality of the difficulty of going through injustices around us. That's a reality that we all face. But when we are stuck, let's learn to shift the gear and bend our knees before God and tell him, Lord. I am stuck. I am having difficulty in this journey. I don't know what to do. But one thing I know is that I have a God who is alive. I have a God who is at work and I want to shift my heart and mind into the spirit of anticipation. I don't want to dwell here in this demoralized condition. I want to shift with a spirit of anticipation because I want to see what my God can do. I want to experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I want to experience the changes that can happen through this difficulty that I am going through. That's what your God can do. And that only happened when they realize that He's alive and that He's the fulfillment of the prophecy. Are you stuck today? Are you in an uphill? Learn to shift your gears on bendedness and start declaring to the Lord that He is still at work, that He is still in control, that your God is watching over you and begin anticipating of what God can do in your life and through your life. Yes, Lord, I'm in pain, but I know you're in the process of transforming me. Yes, Lord, it's difficult. This guy did something to me so badly. But I'm anticipating about your intervention with my condition. Yes, Lord, I have this cancer. But I am shifting my mind and heart to a spirit of anticipation about how you're going to reveal your power in my life, how you're going to reveal your love through the people around me. I am shifting from this spiritual, from this, what is this demoralized condition to an anticipation. I want to know. I want to find out. I want to experience what you are going to do in my life. And that's the God that you serve today. If you are stuck uphill, shift your gear on bendedness and you will shift also to a spirit of anticipation. So instead of dwelling on the pain, instead of dwelling on those hurt, instead of dwelling on those people that offended you, instead of dwelling on the failure Start shifting, Lord, what do you have in mind for me? What do you want me to what, what do you want me to do? I am relying on you. I'll shift my gear this time. So if you are in an uphill and you are stuck in there, shift your gear and you will stand and you will reach the peak by the grace and the empowerment of God. God bless us all and good morning. You just heard the message from Zumbwanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaic Ministries. See you there!